This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning the newly crowned Premier League champions, Liverpool FC. And for the second day running, I'm pleased to be joined on the line by Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. I don't know about you, but really looking forward to this uh, big game at the Etihad tomorrow night. Yeah, very much so. It should be a really good game, a little bit of the, the pressure off the Liverpool, so it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. And sure, they'll go strong and they'll want to win the match, but yeah, it's going to be a, a really good game. I think it's you know by far and away the best two teams in the country, and hopefully they can go all out and give us a nice entertaining game for, as you say, the, the first match back as, as Premier League champions. Yeah, before we get into that game, which we will across the course of this podcast, I'd just like to, to look ahead to next season and a bit of news that broke yesterday, which I'm sure made Jurgen Klopp very happy indeed. And it's to do with the Africa Cup of Nations, Matt. Can you just explain? Yeah, it's uh, really, really important news, I think, for Liverpool. Uh, the African Cup of Nations no longer will take place in January and February in 2021. It's going to be moved back a year to 2022. Um, and it, it, it's not really uh, to do with the, the travel uh, and the players getting to the tournament, but more the qualifiers that still have to take place bef- between now and then. So that the, there's not going to be enough time, basically, to, to finish those qualifiers. They're not going to be able to play the tournament in early next year. So it's been moved back. And of course... That means Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane and Naby Keita will all now be present for Liverpool during that period next season. So it's a big relief, I think, for Jurgen Klopp, obviously. Uh, certainly Salah and Mane have been huge players for Liverpool. Naby Keita, we, we think, hopefully can can be something similar next season and beyond. So it, it's a big boost, I think, for Liverpool's title hopes and, and trophy hopes for next season. So, yeah, it's, uh, as I say, a, a big relief as much as anything for Jurgen Klopp and I suppose with the Timo Werner transfer not happening, I suppose Liverpool probably had an inkling that this was probably going to be the case. I think, you know, had Afcon taken place, they might have been forced to do something a little bit more drastic in the transfer market. But yeah, Salah and Mane in particular, as I say for Liverpool, very, very important players. And they will now be present for the entirety of next season. I mean, looking you know beyond next season, it, it might cause a problem further down the line. I think obviously... You know, the African Cup of Nations has, has only been pushed back next season. I think it's, it takes place every two years, so it'll mean consecutive years of AFCON. You've then got the World Cup to, to think about in 2022, which, of course, is, is in December, which is strange enough as it is anyway. So it's going to be a busy time from, from 2022 into 2023 for the African players, but certainly, at least for next season, Liverpool should benefit, even if they maybe don't the following season, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, in the the short term and looking ahead to retaining the Premier League title, it's certainly a huge boost for Jurgen Klopp, a huge boost for, for Liverpool fans, and yeah, probably for for Salah, Mane, and Keita, you know, to to be in that position of having to to leave and, and go and play for their countries during the middle of you know, a, a title uh, or the, the season that follows a title winning season probably wouldn't have been ideal for them either. So yeah, it's uh, it's good news all round for next season at least. We mentioned on yesterday's podcast that Jurgen Klopp had been very obliging to the media following the title win and the captain, Jordan Henderson, has been very much the same. He spoke to a number of reporters, including our own Paul Gorst, who last night published the highlights on the Liverpool Echoes website and, and one's to do, with, uh, to do with a former Liverpool captain in one of the stories, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, Jordan Henderson speaking really, really nicely, really, about uh, 
Stephen Gerrard. And obviously a player that not only did he take over the captaincy, but he played alongside him. And he sort of talked through how, you know, no one will ever replace Stephen Gerrard. It, it's been a sort of big thing for, for Henderson during his time as, as Liverpool captain. The fact that early doors, he was obviously going to struggle because, you know, whoever took over from a player and person as big for Liverpool Football Club as, as Steven Gerrard was always going to struggle but yeah, certainly of late Jordan Henderson has obviously lifted the, the two biggest or, or will have lifted the two biggest trophies in club football for, for Liverpool so yeah he's he certainly managed to come through but yeah some, some really nice words he said he was obviously devastated in 2013-14 in when you know Liverpool didn't quite get over the line with Steven Gerrard in the team but you know he says they've now put that right and yeah, I think it's it, it, it's just a really nice piece, really, to sort of explain the relationship that, that Jordan Henderson has, not only with Steven Gerrard, but with you know, Sir Kenny Dalglish as well. Obviously, somebody else they've both been in, in contact with. Um, and yeah, to, to be able to, to sort of have that relationship with the former players, I think, you know, we, we speak so much about how, you know, Jürgen Klopp understands the football club and he understands everything to do with the fans and the city. But I think this just shows really that Jordan Henderson is in exactly the same position. He's been obviously at Liverpool now for a very long time, and you know he's very much part of the furniture. Um, and I think after obviously lifting the, the Champions League and the Premier League trophies, he's never going to be as good as, as Steven Gerrard. He's never going to replace Steven Gerrard as, as Liverpool's best ever player. But he certainly lived up to the, the reputation that he had when he came in, and you know I think. There's no doubt about it now that Jordan Henderson, his name will be up there with with Gerard, with Dalglish, and, and with these big players. When people look back on it, to to have captained Liverpool during this period, potentially, you know, certainly one of, if not the best Liverpool team that there's ever been, for him to have captained that, I think, says a lot about not just him as a as a player, but him as a person as well. It really does. That's one of two Henderson stories on the Liverpool Echoes website if you'd like to check them out right now. Now, one man who's been keeping his media commitments to a minimum since Thursday night has been Sky Sports pundit Gary Neville. But the former Manchester United defender has emerged from his bunker and perhaps grudgingly has paid his respects to the new champions, Matt. Yeah, Gary Neville is, is back from Papua New Guinea. Um, <laughs> and essentially... You know, he again. He's had some some really nice words to say. To be fair to him, I think you know, I don't think you can really argue with with anything that he had to say. He says he thought it would be impossible for Jurgen Klopp to win the league, certainly as quickly as what he has done, just because of, of the finances that, that Manchester City and, and Chelsea and these sorts of teams have. But yeah, he's sort of made the point that Jurgen Klopp has taken thirty million pound players and turned them into one hundred and thirty million, or you know, in the, in the case of Van Dijk, seventy five to the £200 million players and things like this. So, yeah, he, he basically sent his message of, of congratulations and, and said what everyone has, has been thinking, really, which is basically that this Liverpool team have been incredible. They deserve to win this league. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, there's been so many players, whether it's Salah, Mane, Van Dijk, Jurgen Klopp, Jordan Henderson, whoever it is, they all deserve this huge achievement because, you know, it's been a fantastic season and, you know, obviously, it's a, a difficult thing for, for someone like Gary Neville, who's obviously a huge Manchester United fan, to be able to say. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite obvious that Liverpool have been by far and away the best team in the country this season. The league table doesn't lie, and it's going to be very very difficult, I think, for for Manchester United to get close to to Liverpool next season as well. So 
it's not going to uh, not going to change too much for for Gary Neville over the next few seasons, no matter what Manchester United do in the the transfer market this summer. But uh, yeah, I don't think the gap will be quite as big next season, so maybe it won't be quite as painful. But yeah, certainly I would expect it to be a Liverpool and Manchester City title race again next season. Which, you know, if you're a Manchester United fan, that is is not what you want to hear. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, on yesterday's podcast, we reported on Danny Murphy's comments about the guard of honour that Manchester City will give to Liverpool tomorrow night at the Etihad. Uh, the former Liverpool midfielder called it a load of nonsense and suggested it was unbecoming of Kevin De Bruyne because there were players on Liverpool's team who weren't fit to lace his boots. Uh, inevitably and understandably, those comments did not go down too well with Liverpool supporters at all. And it's led to Danny Murphy apologising, Matt. Yeah, no, we, we discussed, didn't we, yesterday that the sort of comments that he'd made and, and said that, you know, some of it was, was probably fair enough and, and a lot of it was, was complete nonsense. I mean, the, the Kevin De Bruyne comment I thought was quite disrespectful. Obviously, De Bruyne, for me, is is the best midfielder in the world at the moment. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. But to suggest that, you know, these Liverpool players who, as we say, are so many points clear of Manchester City and and have been so incredible this season, to suggest that they weren't fit for latest boots is, is really quite incredible. And I suppose Danny Murphy um, came under fire yesterday. I know Joe Rimmer wrote a, a piece about him and sort of said that you know he, he'd got it completely wrong and, and completely missed the point, which I thought was, was spot on. And yeah, Danny Murphy then came out and suggested that he'd used a, a poor choice of words, which I think is very much an understatement. <laughs> um, he said it was a, a throwaway phrase, which... I suppose, you know, maybe maybe that is the case, but I think if you're a pundit on a on a radio station, you sort of have to think about your comments a little bit more and you know, just coming out and saying, Oh, it was a, a throwaway phrase maybe doesn't quite, you know, cover it all to be honest. I think, you know, you are there to provide a little bit of insight and, and maybe a little bit more thought should have gone into those comments. So yeah, Danny Murphy says he has nothing but admiration for this Liverpool team, which, you know, again should really go without saying. But yeah, I suppose he kind of had to come out and, and defend himself after those comments because they just they just didn't strike you as, as someone who, you know, supposedly is a, a Liverpool supporter. So um yeah, some strange comments. The fact that he's come out and apologised, I suppose, is is credit to him. But yeah, I'm sure he will think twice about criticising a team who is on target for a, a record breaking season this season. So uh yeah it was uh it was strange, but yeah, just one of those things from Danny Murphy. Before we move on to our next story, just to say that Liverpool will not be able to call on Joel Matip for tomorrow's match. Uh, the injury Matip picked up in the Merseyside derby is likely to rule him out for the rest of the season. Manchester City will be able to pick Leroy Sane, though, but Matt, whether Pep Guardiola does that remains to be seen after it was confirmed last night that the winger is on his way to Bayern Munich, as expected. If, if you can just give us a bit of the details about the deal and, and your opinion on it, really. It's a really fascinating sort of transfer. It's one that we knew was was probably going to happen either this summer or next summer, and uh, it appears it's going to be this summer, up to to fifty four point eight million, which is about sixty million euros. Um, obviously, Leroy Sane is, is a hugely talented player, still only twenty four, but he does only have one year left on his Manchester City contract. So, I do think it's it's quite a steep price given the sort of coronavirus situation, the fact that he's only got 12 months left to run on his deal. And at that point, he could have moved on a free in 2021. But I suppose 
from Bayern Munich's point of view, they are getting you know a, a really potentially world class player um, for probably half of, of what they would have had to have paid, you know, had his contract been a little bit longer. So, you know, he's been at, at City since 2016. They signed him for 37 million, so they're making sort of 15 million or so in profit, which is you know, not bad. Um, certainly not bad, but. Uh, yeah, I suppose City will be will be disappointed not just to be losing him, but to be losing him for a cut price fee as well. I think it's worth saying that that Leroy Sané is doubling his wages by moving to Bayern. Um, I think obviously you sort of guarantee uh, league titles and and Champions League sort of latter stages if you move to Bayern. But I suppose you know if if I was Leroy Sané, I suppose if you take the fact he is German out of it I suppose I'd prefer to, to stay at Manchester City to be honest and, and work with Pep Guardiola but obviously that's his personal preference yeah look he's a, a fantastic player I think it's it, it's a bad thing for the Premier League to be losing someone as good as him um, probably a good thing for Liverpool that Manchester City are losing him because you know he's not always had the, the brilliant end product that we've seen of late but uh, you know his sort of injuries and, and that sort of thing have got in the way. But I mean, I, I read yesterday that actually during his time at Manchester City, he's got a better assists per minute ratio than Kevin De Bruyne yeah, had during his time. Um, so, you know, if, if that is true, then I suppose that just underlines the, the sort of quality that he has. So, yeah, I mean, looking at it from a, a Liverpool's perspective, I suppose the Reds will be quite glad to see the back of him because he's, He's tormented, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and players like that during uh, certain matches. And I remember during the, the Champions League game, and I think Liverpool won three 0 at Anfield. But I mean, you you came away thinking, wow, you know, he's he's one of those players. I suppose a bit like a, a Salah or a, a Mane, where he's just so quick, and defenders can't really do too much about him other than, you know, do their best to, to put them off and, and put their body in the way. You, you know, once he's got the ball, you're just not going to get the ball off him. So. Yeah, for, for Liverpool, I suppose it's a good thing, but I suppose it's slightly disappointing for, for City and the Premier League that they lose a player who's just about to, to enter his peak, really, for a cup price fee. And yeah, looks like Leo Sane is, is heading to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I think it'd be a great signing for Bayern Munich. And I think they are definitely a side to, to watch out for in the, the coming years. They're building a very good young side there, sure, to, to rival the likes of Liverpool and City for being a top European club. Uh, I've already seen this morning that it looks like City will try to use some of the money generated from Sane sale to, to buy a replacement. You know, Aston Villa's Jack Grealish, the latest to, to be linked. But I, I think it's fair enough to say on this podcast now, Matt, that it'd be a big surprise if, if Liverpool were to, to spend big in the market this summer, given what Jurgen Klopp has had to say recently. But we've always mentioned this. You would never rule out the club looking to bolster the youth ranks, given the success of people like Harvey Elliott, Kiana Hoiver and, and Seth Vandenberg. And just to our last story now, Ed Ahrens is the respected deputy news editor of the Guardian sports section. And he suggested on Twitter yesterday that Liverpool, along with Chelsea, are interested in a 17-year-old striker from Germany, Matt. Yeah, it's uh, Hoffenheim's Nick Breutenbucher. And uh, I can't say I've ever seen him play or, or ever heard of him. But yeah, as you say, the, the Guardian sports editor um, suggesting that, that Liverpool and Chelsea are going to battle it out for his signature. And as you say, I mean, it, it would follow the sort of pattern that we've seen over the last couple of seasons for Liverpool in terms of them trying to, to buy the best young talents before they become too expensive. And you know, we've seen Vandenberg, he's not quite come 
come good yet. There's still obviously plenty of time on, on his side, but certainly we've seen with Harvey Elliott and Keanu Hoover that they can both potentially become world-class players. Uh, certainly rate both of those two very highly. And yeah, if Liverpool have, have identified him as, as being someone who could potentially come in and, and bolster their, their youth ranks, then I suppose it's, it's one to be excited by because you know Liverpool don't get too many of these things wrong. And you know Chelsea are, are pretty much in the same boat as well. Obviously, a team that has won plenty of FA Youth Cups and things like that over the seasons. They've you know now under under Frank Lampard managed to get themselves a, into a position where they can start using some of these young players that they bring through. So. Yeah, I think if uh, any player has got both Liverpool and Chelsea chasing him, they must be must be pretty decent. So yeah, it's it's one of those that I think we we have to keep an eye on and you know maybe do a little bit of research on and, and try and find out a bit more because you know he certainly from uh, the sounds of it sounds like a real promising talent and if so, it, it would make perfect sense for, for Liverpool to go for him. Thank you, Matt. That's all for today's Morning Bulletin podcast. We'll be back this afternoon with a full audio from Jurgen Klopp's pre-Manchester City press conference, which takes place at 1.30pm UK time. And then after that, we've got another podcast. It's another special joint edition of the Alley La Rouge and Poetry in Motion podcast with Neil Fitzmaurice, Peter Hooten, our own Dan Kay, and the journalist and author, Simon Hughes. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.